Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope. My name is Rich Schmidt. I'm the pastor, if I haven't had a chance to meet you, but I think I've met uh, most of you in the room here. Uh, although I might not have met some of you who are joining us online, welcome. We're glad to have you with us today. Uh, we like to begin our services with this greeting Christians have been using for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. Thank you. We believe this is true. No matter what, God meets us right where we are. And uh, I would love it if we could bow our heads and pray to him as we begin. God, thank you. Thank you for the chance to gather together uh, to connect with you. I mean, that's our hope, God. Uh, we, we really do hope that it's true that you meet us where we are. Uh, and you know what we've been through this past week. You know all the ups and the downs, the good, the bad, the ugly. And uh, today, God, we are looking for an opportunity to bring all of that to you so that we can hopefully receive from you some grace, <laughs> some help, some strength, some healing, some comfort, something, God. Thank you for the chance to devote an hour of our week to focusing our attention on you. Uh, God, your word tells us that you are always focused on us, that there's never a moment in our lives where you are not with us, where you are not walking alongside us, where you are not guiding our steps and working for our good. Uh, oftentimes, God, that means working to get us to pay attention to you and to notice you. So today, God, I pray that at least for the next hour that you can open our eyes, open our minds, open our hearts so we can see you, so we can be aware of your presence, so we can hear what you want to say to us, so we can connect with your heart. We are so grateful, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, some of you are wondering why there aren't musicians uh, standing up here behind me, getting ready to lead us in song. Today is uh, an unusual day for us. We've got, uh, we, do this, we end up doing this a couple times a year or so, where uh, the schedules of all the various volunteers that come and lead us musically, uh, for which we are very blessed here at this church to have like three different families who volunteer and take turns to be up front leading us musically, uh, where just none of that works out. And uh, we're the normal people that we call and say, hey, when you come fill in for us? And, you know, where that doesn't work out either, we think, okay, well, then this is one of those Sundays we're going to worship God differently. Um, so there still will be a message later on, you know, we're still going to look at scripture together. But, uh, but the way we're going to engage with God right now during this first part of the service is going to be a little different. Um, I'm just going to ask Mitch to come up and sing some stuff a cappella for us and lead it. No, he's shaking his head. Okay, <laughs> never mind. I guess not. All right. Although Mitch can sing, and someday he's going to have an album out, and we're all going to be buying it, and it'll be really cool. Um, <clears throat> but uh, no, we're going to engage with Scripture a little differently. We're going to take a, uh, a moment to reflect on some Scripture and to have some conversation around tables uh, a little bit. Now, I know that for some of you, that's like, uh-oh, I have to talk to another person. Uh, I'm not sure I'm up for that, all right? We've got all different folks here. Some of you, uh, the music is like the main reason you're at church. Some of you, uh, well, some of you haven't walked in yet because music's not really your thing, and so you just as soon skip it. Uh, some of you love talking to other people, and when we've done these things in the past, you're like, oh, please, we should do that like once a month where we get the, that chance to talk and, and engage. Others of you, you know, just the little greeting time where we shake hands, you're like, no, I'm out. I'm going to go to the bathroom or something for a while until this is over. Um, so we know that. And so if you're uh, one of those folks that you really don't like the interpersonal interacting part, I'm sorry. It's one of those mornings that's going to be a little, a little rougher for you. And please, all the rest of us, let's be considerate, okay? If there's someone that, that is really not wanting to engage, let's not press, okay? Um, but, uh, but we are going to read some scripture together. And then we're going to take a minute talking in little groups of 
three to five or something like that, all right? So this is a, this first one, it's a scripture that uh, Pastor Judy actually used in her message a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's from the book of Lamentations, which uh, we're looking at Jeremiah right now this month, and the book of Lamentations comes right after that in our Bibles. It's where uh, we think it's kind of attributed to Jeremiah, where he's lamenting uh, what has happened to Jerusalem. And in the middle of this short little book, five chapters, uh, are these words of, well, they're words of lament and words of hope. So they're not, I see some of you looking, they're not in your handout, I'm sorry, but they are going to be on the screen, I think. So uh, I'm wondering if, uh, if I can read some of this and if we can read some of this together, all right? So let me just read this first part, where he says, The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. And then let's read this part together. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. And let's read this together too. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. And then I'll just read this last part. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. In the midst of their difficulty, they're realizing, you know what? Every day is a new day. Every day, God's mercies are, are new. Um, I can remember a chorus from, well, it's written in the 70s, that some a different translation of that, about how the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. New every morning. <laughs> Great is thy faithfulness, O oh God. Some of you, you hear that and you're, you're thinking of an old hymn. Great is thy faithfulness, O oh God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. And you get to that chorus. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Uh, morning by morning, new mercies I see. Yeah, it's from right there. Sorry, if I sing it, I know it. But all I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. So I'm wondering if we could get up and get into a group of three to five people and just say, say your name and maybe something good that God has done, some way that God has been faithful to you in the last, I don't know, week, month, so far this year, something in your life where you can just say, like, you know what? Maybe, maybe the honest thing is things have been rough, but you know what? God has been faithful. I have this friend, or I got to spend this time doing this, or some way that God has been good to you, all right? So we're not going to take real long, just like three, four minutes, uh, to go around your table and say, my name is Lori, and here's some way that God's been good. So... Let's, let's all of us get up, unless you're at a table already with four or five and you've already done it. Let's get up. Let's get, get to a little group. You're going you're gonna to come join us in here? All right. Has everybody had a chance to share who you are and what you're thankful for? I hope. So it'd only be three or four minutes, and that was three or four minutes. Um, so, obviously, that scripture, while it speaks of God's faithfulness and his mercies being new, I mean, it's coming out of a place of, of pain, of struggle, of, of grief. And, uh, and I know that for some of you, maybe that's more your experience today. So, we shared a little bit things that we're thankful for. Um, I always think of this, this two verses from uh, the Apostle Paul's letter to the Philippians in chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Could we, could we read these together? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, 
which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So we did just take a minute to share some things that we're thankful for, some things that, ways that God has shown his faithfulness. Oh, I almost forgot. Is there anybody that wants to like share with the rest of the class uh, what, what uh, you mentioned at your table or what somebody mentioned at your table, some way that God's been faithful or good or something you're thankful for? Yeah. Thankful for your daughter and my man. and your man. Okay, thank you, Sonia. Yeah, people that God places in our lives, people to be thankful for. Yeah, a- anybody else? Something that maybe you mentioned or somebody else mentioned is a way that God's been faithful to you. Yeah. I'm thankful that I'm here in the U.S. Kenya. Thankful that you're here in the U.S. from Kenya. All right, we're thankful that you're here too. Yeah, excellent. Anybody else? Thankful you're not in such pain that you, like you were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's doing much better. She's been praying and praying and got friends praying for. Man, anytime we get relief from pain, especially in answer to prayer, that's something to give thanks for. Prayers being answered. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Anybody else? Some way that God's been faithful? Something you're thankful for? Anybody on this side of the room? Is God only faithful to people on this side of the room? <laughs> Nothing you want to share? Okay, that's not a, that's not a problem. That's not a problem. Um, all right, so, oh, yeah. It's kind of a mix of emotions here. Uh, on Friday, my uh, company uh, downsized because uh, of issues. And uh, a third of us were let go, including myself. Um, But strangely, I had been praying a lot lately about um, just trying to get into, you know, uh, move away from my company, find something, you know, kind of get back in line with, you know, God's looking for. Okay. Um, And my company uh, uh, cut me a pretty good severance check to keep me floating over the next few months so I can... Uh, really kind of figure out where do I go next and yeah. you know, uh, what the Lord has for me. So, yeah. um, so bad thing, but God's always faithful. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if all of you could hear that. Romeo's, the, his day job, his company just laid off a bunch of folks, including himself. Uh, but the severance check is going to help see him through at least the next couple of months. And, uh, uh yeah, be praying for Romeo as he's looking for that next. He was already kind of looking. He was already starting to feel like, okay, i got to do something different. And, uh, yeah, they just helped kind of move that along, I guess, huh? <laughs> they, they, they bum-rushed the process. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, if you didn't hear, you know, but God is, God is faithful in the, midst of, in the midst of those kinds of things. So anybody else want to share something good? Okay. Then if you're willing, I'd love for you to get back in that group or in some other group if you've moved around already and just share something. If, if you're willing to share like, okay, here's something I'm going through that it's not my favorite. Um, and I don't want to worry about it. I want to pray about it. So, and just, just share like, Hey, here's, here's one thing that I'm going through that, uh, if you think of it later, you could pray for me. And if you're willing, if there's somebody at your table, that's willing, just real quick, pray for them. You know, like take 10 seconds. Here, I'll model it for you real quick, all right? With what Romeo just shared. Uh, let's, let's pray for Romeo real quick. 
God, thank you for your faithfulness to Romeo and Alex and his family. Uh, We do pray that you will guide him, that you will uh, connect him with the the right job, and that you'll do it quickly so they can have all that they need. Uh, You are faithful, God, and we are grateful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. See, so you don't have to pray for five minutes like I often do up here, right? You can just pray for like 10 seconds uh, for something. So go ahead, get together, and if you're willing, again, just here's my name, and here's something that I'm needing God's help with, and maybe you could pray for, all right? Let's let's do it. Just like three minutes. see any of you like deep in prayer right now so I think it's hope it's okay for me to interrupt um, and I'm not going to ask you to like hey everybody share some horrible thing you're going through that you need prayer for um, but I would love to pray for you and uh, so if you would like to talk later I'm up for that uh, or you can you can always grab one of these little green cards back in the back and just write out how you need prayer you don't have to duck Bonnie it's okay it's all right uh, you can just write on there like, hey, please, I really need prayer for this. If you want us to share it with the rest of their church family, you can check that little box. Otherwise, I'll just see it, and I'll be praying for you. And you can drop it in the offering box in the back later. And uh, I'd be happy to pray for you this week or, or to follow up with you if you put your phone number or something on there. Uh, it'd be my pleasure. Um, let, me, uh, let me go ahead and lead us in a quick prayer. Um, yeah, let's, let's pray. God, you, uh, you are aware of all the circumstances of our lives, the things that we're going through. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, some of us just are literally going through what uh, Lamentations talked about with, uh, with homelessness, with suffering, with uh, disappointments and frustrations. And uh, God, you heard us share some of those things around the tables just now. And you also know those things that uh, we weren't about to open up to, uh, that people around the tables about, but that are really... Uh, weighing us down right now. Uh, Those things that are causing uh, our spirits, how did I put it, to be bowed down, to be downcast, that that are really causing us to just uh, feel weighed down. Uh, God, thank you for being faithful. And I pray for each person here, especially those who are feeling weighed down by life circumstances right now, uh, that you would lift us up that you would make us aware of your presence with us, that you would help us to experience your faithful love, that we would have a real sense of your mercies, your compassions being new each and every day, being refreshed. Uh, You're not tired of being merciful, God. Uh, Your compassions have not run out. Um, (laughs) You're not not sick of hearing our prayers, our cries for help. Please, God, would you help us to, to have a real sense of your love for us, of your compassion, of your presence. Because you know that we need that. You know that we need hope. uh, That what we're going through is is not all that we'll ever go through. And uh, and God, we are thankful uh, for one other uh, passage from the New Testament um, that reminds us that in all things, you are at work uh, for the good of those who love you, who are called according to your purpose. So God, please be at work in our lives. And uh, God, you know too all the things that uh, 
For some of us, it's not our own lives. It's, it's the life of someone we love. Or it's a, it's a circumstance that we see on TV or that we've heard about on the news. It's something going on in the rest of the world uh, that is kind of weighing us down. And God, we thank you that you are so much bigger uh, than we can even imagine. Uh, that you don't just, you do care about me and my problems, but you don't just care about me and my problems. Um, God, you are active and at work around the world right now. And uh, we are... We are thrilled to see those ways that you're at work. And God, we pray that you, would, uh, that you would hear and receive our prayers as we lift up the names of loved ones, as we uh, talk to you about circumstances that other people are going through. Uh, God, thank you for being present there with folks that we might not be able to be present with. Uh, God, uh, even though our loved one might be far away from us right now, or the person that we're lifting up to you uh, that we care about, uh, even though we might not be able to be present to be a part of what you're doing there, uh, God, you are present there. And you have sons and daughters nearby uh, that you can work through to make sure that your grace touches those lives and, and encounters those people. Uh, so thank you, God, for the ways that you are at work. Thank you for inviting us to be a part of this work. And if we sense you tapping us on the shoulder, because someone far away is praying for someone who lives right next door to us, God, when you tap us on the shoulder, would you help us to be willing to get up, to move, to speak, to care, to, to let your compassion and your grace be felt through us? Man, you're so good to us, God. We are so grateful for the love that you've shown us in your son, Jesus Christ. Uh, please, God, continue to help us to be open to you and to each other uh, for the re remainder of this service, for the remainder of our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, yeah, I guess it's time for this. The peace of the Lord be with you. Thank you. Okay, now you have to stand up because you've got to go greet someone and shake someone's hand, someone you didn't just talk to for the last 20 minutes, and, uh, and just say, hey, peace to you, or happy Sunday, or introduce yourself, all right? My apologies to those of you watching online this morning, uh, participating with us. I know that was a little weird. You, know, you, you couldn't gather together in a group with us. So, uh, but if there is some way we can be praying with you or celebrating with you, I hope that you'll let us know. Uh, just like the folks in the room can grab one of those green cards, uh, you can go to livinghope.info connect and connect with us there. And we would love to, uh, to hear how we can pray for you or thank God with you or whatever that might be. Maybe you've got a question that we could answer. We would love to do that. Oh, man, I had no idea that getting you guys talking this morning would, would be so much fun. You guys don't want to stop. That's good. Um, see. Oh, yeah, and if any of you want to give, you can, uh, you can give in that little offering box in the back, too, or you can give online. Uh, that works. So there's just a couple of other things that uh, I wanted to mention to you. I think we've got some pictures for the screen, and they're on the back here, too. Some of you uh, have donated uh, your used bras or your neighbor's used bras on, in February when we talk about that for a nonprofit called Free the Girls. It's an organization that sends those bras to women in other countries who have uh, been coming out of prostitution. Some of them have uh, been trapped by sex traffickers, that kind of thing. And as they are escaping that and needing to provide for themselves, sometimes for their children, uh, they're able to sell those used bras in the used clothing market there for income. And, uh, and Free the Girls is an amazing organization. 
If you would like to help them pack up some of those bras that have been donated, they get donations every single day. Uh, Doonland Community Church up in Chesterton is kind of the clearinghouse for all of that. Their pastor uh, is actually on staff with Free the Girls. And so if you would like to show up this Tuesday night, if you're not already busy with something else this Tuesday night, uh, then uh, they're having a little packing party. And uh, I've been up there for a couple of those. You're basically sorting them, packing them in boxes. They get weighed and they get put on pallets so they can get shipped to other places. So if you would like to help with that, uh, it's this Tuesday night from 5 to 7. And uh, they'd, they'd love to have you. Uh, we're going to have breakfast this morning between the services, and then uh, the next one, Howard said, is happening August 13th. So if you're, if you're watching online, you're like, oh, I can't get there by 10 o'clock for breakfast, uh, but I want to come to the next one. August 13th is the next one, and so when this service ends, you don't have to leave. You know, they're going to have some biscuits and gravy back here for us, and uh, it's going to be delicious. And then some of you were here yesterday for the, the free bikes in the parking lot, and uh, if you're curious when the next one of those is going to be, August 19th is the next uh, bike giveaway happening out there. Um, so I know uh, we get asked all the time. We get phone calls and, and other questions. Say, hey, when are you going to do another one of those? So if you just missed it, the next one's coming up uh, on Saturday, August 19th. And if you have a bike to donate, you can bring it by and donate it. Uh, the Independent Order of Odd Fellows, they will fix it up and get it ready to be donated to, to someone who needs it. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. All right. Um, one of the stories in the Bible, we're going we're gonna to jump into the message here, and so you've got some scriptures in your, in your handout, uh, or they'll, get on, they'll be on the screen, but uh, one story that is not in your handout that, uh, that some Christians, it seems like, just love, uh, they love this story from Jesus' life, is that moment where he goes to the temple and uh, turns over the tables and the money changers and makes a whip and drives out all the animals, and, and I think some Christians like this story because it's the one time that Jesus almost looks like he, maybe he's losing his temper or something, and some, I think there are some Christians that are just, you know, we're kind of more combative or something, and so we looked at that one story and they're like, yeah, just like Jesus, like, you know, was kind of angry and did this righteous anger thing, you know, that's, that's what I'm doing when I yell at my neighbor for letting their dog poop on my yard or, you know, whatever it might be, I don't know, uh, you know, that... Sometimes we can look at this story of Jesus clearing the temple and, uh, and use that to justify our own, some of our own behaviors that maybe we should be working on a little bit. Uh, but that story of Jesus going to the temple actually draws from the prophet Jeremiah in a couple of different ways. The, the authors of those stories, the gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, and, and Luke, that tell that story the way they tell it, um, uh, they're drawing from the prophet Jeremiah. And so this month, we're looking at the prophet Jeremiah as we make our way through the Bible, getting the, the big picture of the Bible this year from Genesis to Revelation. Uh, this month, we're in Jeremiah. Next month, we'll finally hit the New Testament with Matthew. Uh, but there's a moment, if you uh, caught the video last week, or last, yeah, last week, from the Bible Project, as they did the big overview, they mentioned this one chapter, Jeremiah 7, where they call it his temple sermon, where Jeremiah, they said this kind of uh, coalesces a lot of the themes of the first half of the book. Uh, as Jeremiah, this prophet, sent to the, uh, the people of Israel to, uh, to speak to Jerusalem uh, as the capital, uh, as he is giving them warnings, as he is trying to help them to see things have got to change or destruction is coming, that this chapter 7 kind of does a good job of summarizing a lot of that. And so last week we saw that God sent Jeremiah to the potter's house to see a potter on a wheel and to learn a lesson from that. This, this time we're looking at Jeremiah 7 where it says, This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Stand at the gate of the Lord's house and there proclaim this message. Hear the word of the Lord, all you people of Judah who come through these gates to worship the Lord. So it's like if, if he said, go stand at the entrance of Living Hope and proclaim this message to everyone who's coming in for church, right? So everyone who's coming into the temple to, to worship God, he's proclaiming this to them. Uh, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. 
Reform your ways and your actions, and I will let you live in this place. Do not trust in deceptive words and say, this is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. Apparently, some people were saying, hey, it doesn't matter that the Babylonians are coming or that they're threatening us. And and Jeremiah, you're saying that God's going to let them conquer us because of our sins. And that will never happen. This is the temple of the Lord. God's presence is here. No one could ever overthrow this temple, right? This is the temple of the Lord. He says, if you really change your ways and your actions and deal with each other justly, if you do not oppress the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not follow other gods to your own harm, then I will let you live in this place, in the land I gave your ancestors forever and ever. But, look, you are trusting in deceptive words that are worthless. Will you steal and murder, commit adultery and perjury, burn incense to Baal and follow other gods you've not known, and then come and stand before me in this house which bears my name and say, we're safe. Safe to do all these detestable things? Has this house which bears my name become a den of robbers to you? But I have been watching, declares the Lord. Apparently some people thought, God's not really watching. He's not really paying attention. As long as I show up at the temple and offer my sacrifices, as long as I come here and kind of fulfill my religious obligations, then what I do out there doesn't really matter. I mean, God's not watching all of that. God's just watching to see if I show up at church on Sunday morning and sit here or put something in the box or whatever, you know, right? God doesn't care what I do out there. He just cares what I do in here. And Jeremiah is saying to these folks, that is not the case at all. You have been fooling yourself. These are deceptive words that are worthless that people have been telling you, hey, just make sure you get to the temple, offer your sacrifices and everything will be fine. I know there are messengers out there, prophets, people who are claiming to speak for God who are saying, look, you got to change your ways. You're on a destructive path. And if you keep going down this path, destruction is coming. So just make sure you put something in the box on Sunday. Just make sure you say your prayers. Just make sure you ask for forgiveness at the end of each day, and it doesn't matter what you do that day, as long as you ask for forgiveness once you're done, you're good. And through Jeremiah, God is saying, oh, man, that's not how this is going to go. That's not how this, you cannot live a double life where, you know, you show up at the temple to offer your sacrifices to worship God, and then in the rest of your life, you're, what what were some of the things? you're, uh, let's see back here. If you change your ways and deal with, each, deal with each other, they needed to deal with each other justly. They needed to stop oppressing foreigners and fatherless and widows, people who were depending on them for help. And instead of helping them, they were oppressing them. They were shedding innocent blood and following other gods. It says, to your own harm, saying you're just hurting yourself. Will you steal and murder, commit adultery and perjury? burn incest to these other gods, and then come here and say, oh, we're safe, right? They were doing all sorts of things. And I think, okay, let me just, personally, I know that this can be easy to fall into, all right? It can be easy to let some sin creep in, something that you're just like, ah, I don't think it's really hurting anybody. It's just like a personal thing, and, you know, it's not that big of a deal, And to fall into this pattern of like, you know, letting that be a perpetual part of your life, an ongoing thing, while on the other hand, you're 
you know, coming back and every now and then feeling like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. Oh, God, please forgive me and, you know, help me to change. And then a couple of days later, you're like, oh, you know what, it's not that, I don't think it's really hurting. Maybe God doesn't really care. It can be easy to fall into this kind of double life kind of situation that the people of Israel had fallen into and they had convinced themselves that this was fine, that they were safe. And Jeremiah is saying, no, no, that is not how it works. We are just, you've just been fooling yourself. So some of you recognize the reference down near the end where Jesus says, has this house which bears my name become a den of robbers to you? That's one that pops up when Jesus is clearing the temple. And he says, this, this house, and he quotes from another prophet, Isaiah, says that this is supposed to be a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. Now, that word den is, uh, as readings we could, uh, the picture they're trying to give you is like a cave. Uh, it would normally be translated cave, but den of robbers has kind of come to be, I don't know, common or something. It's kind of understood, and I think they want to keep that connection with how Jesus says it in the, in the New Testament, and so they translated it den of robbers. But what they want you to picture is instead of this temple on a hill, this glistening you know, testament to God's faithfulness and his presence, it says, you've taken that and turned it into like some you know, dark cave where criminals go to hide out, thinking like, ah, the police will never catch us here. You know, it's just like in all the movies, you know, when the bad guys, they've robbed the bank or they've done whatever it is, and they finally get away with the car chase, and there's probably a train that they barely made it across, whatever, and then they get to their hideout, right? It's the hideout. That's what we're talking about here. He's saying, you have taken my temple. What is this? Is this like a, a hideout for criminals that you're hiding out in here? Like, oh, I got to the temple. Okay, I'm safe here. My sins aren't going to catch up to me here. Once I'm here, then I do my sacrifices. God just thinks of me as a, a decent, good person here. So this isn't a, a, a den of robbers, a hideout for, for criminals. But that's what you're turning it into. So when, oh, so he continues then. Go now to the place in Shiloh, where I first made a dwelling for my name. And if you read the rest of the New Testament, all of our Old Testament, sorry, a bunch of the story that we skipped over, Shiloh was one of the towns in the northern uh, part of Israel where first people were worshiping God before the capital city of Jerusalem, and they built the temple and all of that. So he says, go now to the place in Shiloh where I first made a dwelling for my name and see what I did to it because of the wickedness of my people Israel. While you were doing all these things, declares the Lord, I spoke to you again and again, but you did not. Listen, I called you, but you did not answer. Therefore, what I did to Shiloh, I will now do to the house that bears my name, the temple you trust in, the place I gave to you and your ancestors. I will thrust you from my presence, just as I did all your fellow Israelites, the people of Ephraim. He's referring to the northern tribes who had already been conquered by the Assyrians a hundred and something years earlier and had been hauled away into exile. Shiloh had been destroyed, and now he's saying this temple that honors me is going to be destroyed as well, and you are going to be cast out. And it's not something God wants, right? I mean, that's what he's saying in there. Look, I've called you, but you didn't answer. Again and again, I was speaking to you, but, but you did not listen. I, I have to pick a title every Sunday to put up at the top, and uh, I kept seeing this pattern in what Jeremiah is saying, where God says, like, if... If you'll change your ways, if you'll stop doing these things, then I'll let you live in this place. Then you'll be forgiven. Then we can have this good life together. But you keep not listening. But you're refusing to change your ways. But you're trusting in these deceptive words. 
And so that's why I use the title, If Then But. Um, I thought about titling, like, you know, let's lose our butts or something like that, you know, but because uh, that's the problem in these stories, right? It's, it's God is saying, look, if you make these changes, then things will be good, but you won't change, but you refuse to listen, but you keep sticking to your stubborn ways, and so consequences are coming. It's never that God wants to do these things. In fact, that passage from Lamentations that we read earlier uh, that we were reflecting on, um, God's, you know, his faithfulness being great and his mercy's new. If you keep on reading through the rest of that chapter, it talks about how, like, look, God doesn't want to bring destruction. It's not something that pleases him when this happens. His desire is for us to change. That's what we talked about last week. Looking at that potter's wheel, Jeremiah is sent to the potter's house to, to see. Just like that potter can, can change things, depending on what the clay does, how it behaves on the wheel, he can alter his plans. God says, I'll alter my plans. If I've got destruction planned for someone because of their sin and they repent and they turn from their sin, then I'll change plans and I'll bless them. It'll be good. But if I plan blessings and they refuse and they're evil, and then I'll I'll change those plans and and there'll be consequences for that. Now, some of the the problem, it's not all like, um, sorry, if you read the book of Jeremiah, he doesn't let anybody off the hook, all right? in the next chapter, in chapter 8, he talks about how great and small and, and, and priests and prophets, he said they're all, all to blame for the situation you find yourselves in. In fact, to the leaders, he says, they dressed the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Another translation, I think, I guess more of a paraphrase, says they put a Band-Aid on a serious wound. So they dressed the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say. When there is no peace, are they ashamed of their detestable conduct? No, they have no shame at all. They do not even know how to blush. So they will fall among the fallen. They will be brought down when they are punished, says the Lord. Um, I say this because I feel like talking to the priests and the prophets is, is kind of pointing at me as, as the pastor of this church, right? Like it would be wrong for me to say, like to, to downplay the, the seriousness of the problem. Right? To say, hey, don't worry about it. God loves you no matter what. And, and so it doesn't really matter what you do. It doesn't matter how bad things get. God loves you. He's, he's not going to you know, say, peace, peace, it's okay. That's what he's saying. Because Jeremiah is coming and saying, no, there's consequences. The Babylonians are coming. God is bringing destruction. There are consequences for the actions that our nation has taken. And some people are saying, no, 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 no. The temple's here. God wouldn't let it fall. Peace, peace, calm down. It's like, no, there isn't peace. There shouldn't be peace. We should be repenting. We should be changing. And so I don't want to dress your wounds as if they were not serious, right? I don't want to stand up here and pretend that sin doesn't have serious consequences for you, for me, for the people around us, for the rest of the world. When we ignore God, when we refuse to listen to him, it has consequences for our lives. Some of us have lived that out, right? People in the room who could say, oh, yeah, yeah, give me the mic, I'll tell you, you know, about the, the garbage that's in my life because of my actions, because of my sins. We have seri- it brings death to us, is how the Bible puts it. The wages of sin is death. That's what we earn for ourselves. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So God wants to give us life. He offers this to us, but what we earn for ourselves is death. And there, that is serious. It's why Jesus goes to the temple that day and says, look, you've got to change. You're, you're, 
you're turning this into a den of robbers, a hideout for criminals, when it's meant to be a, a house of prayer for all nations, where all people can come and encounter the good news of God. And you're not, you're not doing that. You've lost your way. In fact, the next verse, and I had to jump to a different translation because there's different ways of, of kind of handling this next verse in Jeremiah chapter 8. And I really uh, appreciated this one, this take on it, where it just, it's like descriptive. Some other translations say, oh, this is what God's going to do. He's going to remove these things. He's going to take these things from you. And uh, another option that some translations take is say, this is just descriptive. It says, when I would gather them, declares the Lord, there are no grapes on the vine, no figs on the fig tree. Even the leaves are withered. And what I gave them has passed away from them. It's like I, I provided so much for you as my people. And when I went to get the good fruits of this, there were no grapes on the vine, no figs on the fruit. There's no good fruit from all that I've invested in you. And that saddens God. Now that's another way that this uh, plays into that story of Jesus in the temple. Because Matthew and Mark... As Jesus is approaching the temple, there's this weird little story of this fig tree with no figs on it. And Jesus says, no one ever eat figs from you again. And like the leaves wither and the disciples are amazed. And there's a weird story. And, and in Mark's gospel, like they see it on the way in. He does this little thing at the temple. You've made this a den of robbers. And then they come back out and they see the fig trees withered and they comment it. And we think that Mark, as he's writing this story, is trying to help his listeners think, remember the story of Jeremiah? Remember? How God used that image of a fig tree with no figs to talk about his people who weren't showing any fruit of actually living a life with God. You know, that should make a change in our lives when, when God is alive in us, right? When we're trusting in God that has, that, that has results. And God wasn't seeing that. And Jesus went to the temple to speak this word and drawing from Jeremiah to remind them, just like Jeremiah came and pronounced, look, judgment is coming, and judgment came because they didn't lose their butt, because they kept uh, not listening to God and refusing to repent. That Mark is trying to help them see that same thing could happen today. And sure enough, that's what did happen. It wasn't long after the time of Jesus, just a few decades, that, uh, that Rome came in and demolished the temple. That's why it's not there today. That's not something that happened recently. That's something that happened couple thousand years ago because they didn't heed the warning and again it's not like God wants to do this it's not like God wants to bring those consequences in fact in Luke's gospel uh, <clears throat> there's a moment where Jesus says oh Jerusalem Jerusalem the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers how often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings but you wouldn't let me it's another but says, you wouldn't let me you wouldn't listen you wouldn't come when I called. I wanted to protect you, but you wouldn't let me. And as he approaches Jerusalem for this big encounter at the temple and eventually an encounter that leads to his death on the cross, it says, as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, Jesus wept over it and said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. Not, not some false peace that people just convince them of because, you know, hey, it's the Lord's temple. But would truly bring peace. But now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Saying you had a chance. God was 
coming to you, present right there in Jesus, speaking words of warning, but you wouldn't listen. You didn't recognize the time of God's coming to you. In the chapter before, uh, it's Jeremiah 7, in chapter 6, this is what the Lord says, stand at the crossroads and look, ask for the ancient paths, ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. It's another familiar phrase for Christians, put a little asterisk to the time Jesus says that, just in case. But you said, we will not walk in it. He said, there's a good path that will lead to rest, but you will not walk in it. I appointed watchmen over you and said, listen to the sound of the trumpet, but you said, we will not listen. Therefore, hear you nations, you who are witnesses, observe what will happen to them. Hear you earth, I am bringing disaster on this people, the fruit of their schemes, because they have not listened to my words and have rejected my law. What Jeremiah is trying to do is something that all of us need to do from time to time. We need to be confronted with the reality that our sins have consequences, that the fruit of our schemes, as he put it there, is destruction. And so if you've been listening to worthless words, if you have been deceiving yourself and thinking like, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to be fine. When you've been living a life that hurts other people, that hurts you, maybe today is a day that you need to listen to God and say, okay, God, you're right. I don't want to continue down this path that is earning destruction and death for me, that's bringing such misery to the people around me. I don't want this disaster, and you don't want this disaster, so please, God, just, okay, I'm listening. I, I, I want help. I want you to put me on a better path. Or as Jesus put it, I'll go ahead and, and read that from Matthew 11. Um, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. He's saying instead of continuing down a path of destruction, we have a choice. We can come to Jesus. We can learn from him how to live in the world that God has made in a way that is, well, he describes it as, as being lightly burdened. Learning gentleness and humility and experiencing rest. I don't know about you, but I would much prefer that <laughs> to continuing down a path that leads to destruction. So today might be a day that you need to listen. And if it is, then I encourage you, just come to Jesus. Just do what he said. Trust in him and you will find rest. You will find peace and forgiveness and freedom. Let's bow our heads and pray to him, and then we're going to celebrate his earning this freedom for us uh, with a celebration of communion. God, you are so good to us. We are so grateful. They don't just leave us wandering down a path that you can see leads to destruction. You can see leads to death, but instead you, you send warnings our way. You get that warning light flashing on our dash. And God, I pray that you would help us today to pay attention. It might be that there are some of us here in this room right now that we can sense your Holy Spirit speaking to us and saying, this is for you. You've convinced yourself that it's okay to keep this in your life, and it's not. You've convinced yourself that as long as you show up on a Sunday that this other thing is not that big a deal, and it is. 
there are consequences, there are fruit of these schemes, and you're about to experience them, and I, I, want, to, I want to save you from that. I want to rescue you from that. God, would you help us to listen to your Holy Spirit? You, you say these challenging words to us because you love us, because you don't want us to, to experience the death that our sin brings, but you want us instead to experience life, the life you created us for, a life that is good, and no, it won't always be easy. And yes, it might be stinking hard to let go of some of these things and to uproot some of these sins that have taken root in our lives. But God, that's why you give us each other so we can encourage each other and help each other, teach each other. Thank you, God. Thank you that today you are reminding us of your great love for us and you are offering us a path to life. We see this so clearly in the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. And so we celebrate today this sacrament of Holy Communion, offering to you these gifts of bread and juice and praying that by your Spirit's presence here, we might meet our crucified and risen Savior in his body and in his blood. You held nothing back, God, but out of love for us, you gave all of yourself to us in your son, Jesus Christ. So the Bible says, Jesus, you said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We know, God, what you are like because you've shown yourself to us in Jesus. And Jesus, you held nothing back from us, but out of love for us, you gave your very life, joining us in the brokenness of our sin, experiencing the death that our sin brings, so that if we will trust in you, we can share in your resurrection life, your victory over sin and death and the devil all these things that hold us back are, are conquered foes. You have already won the victory. We just need to experience it as we trust in you. So today, would you help us to offer you ourselves, our very lives, acknowledging our need of your grace, admitting to you that we have not loved you with our whole hearts. We've not loved our neighbors as ourselves. God, you have words of challenge that we need to hear. And I pray that you would help us to have ears to hear. That our hearts would be soft and responsive as you call us to turn from sin and to turn toward you. To experience your grace and your forgiveness and the new life that you bring. by your Holy Spirit at work within us. Would you change us from the inside out so that we can live in this world as the body of Christ offered for the world, as your hands and feet, as your sons and daughters. We are so grateful, God. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. He does deliver us from evil and we celebrate that today with this celebration of Holy Communion. Uh, if today you're saying yes to him, 
Uh, maybe it's been complicated, and this morning you're saying, no, I'm, I'm just now saying yes to him. I've, I'm just now saying no to a life of sin. I'm saying yes to a life with Jesus. Uh, doesn't matter if this is your first time or your thousandth time. Today, you're invited to come forward, take bread from the basket, dip it in the juice, and eat it, and then return to your seats. It's our, our way of celebrating God's great love that he's shown us in his son, Jesus Christ, and, and being reminded of it in a tangible, touchable, tasteable way. His presence with us, his love for us. So there are no musicians to come and lead us. I think we're just going to have some little background music. And David, you, did you want to? Oh well, get your guitar out, man, and play a little, play a little music while we while we celebrate communion together. That's great. And uh, so I'm going to be here with a basket of bread, a cup of juice, and you're invited to come and and celebrate. If you can't make it forward, but you'd like, there are little cups on the tables, and you can celebrate there. So let's celebrate. God, we are so grateful for your faithful love, for your mercies that are new every morning. Help us to experience your mercy and your grace so that we can leave this place carrying your mercy and your grace to everyone that you send us to. You are so good to us, God. Oh, and we are grateful for the food that we are about to receive. Please bless the hands that have made it and bless our conversation as we enjoy some biscuits and gravy together. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, no usual blessing because we're not leaving. I hope that you'll just walk right over here and, uh, and enjoy some breakfast. <laughs>